It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. It is Friday, and welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having these conversations right now here in Colorado and in America. Uh, so thrilled to have in studio with me today, Jason McBride. Jason, it is great to have you here. Well, good morning, and thanks for having me back again. Well, absolutely. You are a very valued partner, you and Presidential Wealth Management of the Americhicks, and I greatly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you too. And, uh, you know, Jason, as I see, as you prepare for each, even these little conversations that we have every day, the preparation that you put into this, the thought that you put into this, I know that you bring that care to how you work with your clients as well. So can highly recommend you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Kim. We do our best. And, uh, you know, even when you prepare, sometimes things don't go the way you want. But uh, if you fail to prepare, then I guess you prepare to fail right up front. That's for sure. So that's uh, and you know what? I think that ultimately, if you uh, if you prepare, you know, listen, get your knowledge around, get your brain around things. Ultimately, I think it works out. I think it does. That's for sure. So we're going to do some headlines. There's some amazing stuff going on out there. Before we do, Audrey Hepburn, you know, I think she was one of the most beautiful women ever. And uh, she has this, this fabulous quote. So I thought this was very inspirational. She says, for beautiful eyes, look for the good in others. For beautiful lips, speak only words of kindness. And for poise, walk with knowledge that you are never alone. And that's Audrey Hepburn, the beautiful actress. So uh, I want to say thank you to the team. Uh, producer Dave, thank you for covering for Steve while he's out. So it's happy gr- to be here. It's great. To- <laughs> that's pretty cheerful for the time you have to get here in the morning. I greatly- The sunrise from here is amazing. It is. That's, uh, God is showing off every morning here. And so thank you to Steve and Zach and Patty and Keith for keeping this train on the track. So are you guys ready for a little humor? It is. I am. Does Dave laugh at your jokes, or did uh, Steve train him before he went on vacation? I think Steve trained him. We'll see. I okay. laugh internally. Okay, I've got three for you. Okay, Dave. What did the hamburger name his daughter? Patty. <laughs> okay, what do you call a dentist in the Army? A drill sergeant. And what do you get when you cross a fridge with a radio? Very cool music. So that is your humor for this morning. Dave, I know you're speechless. He's chuckling. He's chuckling a little. Remember the question mark? (laughs) So we're going to jump into some headlines here. First of all, though, I went up to Cooper's Troopers uh, lunch yesterday. This is a Greens anywhere from from young guys to they have six Iwo Jima vets there. And uh, there was uh, a presentation made by, I think it's Colonel Fisher, uh, regarding Vietnam. And Jason, you know what? I don't know enough about Vietnam. And I don't know enough about Korea. I've learned a lot about World War II since I've started this project. And uh, I've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans. But I still have a lot to learn about Vietnam and Korea. 
Yeah, I could certainly brush up on Vietnam, Korea, and World War II. Uh, you know, you know, my father-in-law is a Vietnam right. vet, and uh, I, I find a lot of them don't like to talk too much about it, and maybe that is one of the reasons that there's still a little bit of a shroud of mystery surrounding that that uh, that war. Well, I'm know. I'm going to go to work on that on the World War II project and start to add in some of the the Vietnam vets. I've I've interviewed one Vietnam veteran who I met up at Cooper's Troopers, and that's Orson Swindoll. And in fact, I'm going to have him on next week. And then our Memorial Day show is uh, is the interview that I did with him regarding his military experience. But uh, when he got back, he actually worked as an assistant secretary. Uh, and, and in commerce uh, under the Reagan administration. Uh, but this is something that really took my breath away, Jason, and that is he said when he, when he left, he was a flyer, and, you know, a number of our pilots, you know, were shot down and then put into POW camps, that his son was five, and when he came back, his son was 11. Wow. I mean, you, you can't get that back. That is, that is, you want to just talk about sacrifice. I know. And that's, that's why these guys uh, should have been welcomed back with open arms and, uh, you know, I guess uh, there's a lot of talk about reparations. I don't know if I believe in them, but if if, if we were maybe do we anything. have some reparations <laughs> to make, maybe a, a little bit right there might be a good place to start. Yeah, I think taking care of our veterans. And I ended up uh, sitting with a couple of guys. One was a Vietnam veteran. The other, he said he was in between uh, World War II and Korea. No, he was in between Korea and Vietnam. And they said, do you know why we don't like Jane Fonda? And I said, well, I think so. Because I remember, uh, you know, her climbing up on a tank in North Vietnam. And, of course, they were our enemies. And they said, that's not it. They said that, you know, she was in North Vietnam. And uh, some of the prisoners, they had, I think, maybe 17, 20 prisoners that she met. And so when they shook her hand, because people didn't know, they didn't know whether the North Vietnamese didn't release, you know, if they were a prisoner. And so somebody's missing in action. They didn't know. And um, so when each of these guys shook her hand, they gave her a piece of paper with their name on it so that she could then go back to the United States and let the families know that these guys were alive. You know what she did? She gave that information to the uh, North Vietnamese, and they took each one of those guys out, and they beat them, and one of them was actually killed. And they said, that's why we don't like Jane Fonda. And I'm like, I didn't like her before, and I really don't like her now. I thought that, uh, I thought that was an important story to share with you guys. So we're going to jump in here on some headlines. This is really, really, really important stuff. Uh, there's a story that's starting to circulate that the town of Erie is shutting down the monthly meeting of the Republican Women of Weld. Uh, in fact, the women, I think, were supposed to meet there last night, and they had a program. They had a gentleman that was going to present on the history of oil and gas, and then they were also going to have um, petition gathering for the national popular vote. Well, guess what? That, that uh, approval for them to use that building, that public building, was uh, pulled yesterday, and uh, they were not allowed to meet there. And that is one of the things that is uh, very, very dangerous. We talk about local control, but local control has to make sure that uh, we, in all these different governmental entities, that we adhere to the vision of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and that, in fact, you know, that... um, that we have freedom of speech and uh, the freedom to, to assemble. And those two things yesterday, Jason McBride, 
were taken away because somebody didn't like what these other people were saying. Well, it seems like uh, we have freedom of speech. You're free to speak as long as you agree with what we want you to say. And there's too much of that going on. There's way too much of that going on. And that's why it is so important that we have these conversations every morning right here on the radio. So we'll keep you uh, we'll keep you apprised of what's going on on that. But uh, I did uh, speak with somebody with the women of Weld yesterday. And uh, they said that one of the things that that. the town administrator said was that we did not want you to be able to uh, do this political situation of the getting signatures for the national popular vote. And I said, well, have they ever had a signature gathering for anything else? And she actually sent me the copy of a uh, of, um, Facebook invitation. This was a Saturday, August 4th, 2018, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., at the Erie Community Center. It was hosted by the Erie Protectors, and it was a place where you could come and sign for safer setbacks. So they they um, were okay with that because they liked what they had to say. But then um, they didn't like this over here, but yet they're trying to hide behind. They said that we don't do petition gathering here, and the city is not being con- consistent. And uh, so this is, uh, this is a real cause for concern right here in Colorado. This is very important to look at that. Another thing, um, headline, DIA, the terminal project. Have you been out there, Jason? Have you done I, I was just out there yesterday. I can't believe how much it's changed. Every time I drive out there, there's new buildings, stuff that just popped up. It's crazy. Well, there are new buildings. However, uh, there there's a terminal project that uh, is delayed, and now they're saying it'll take another two years. I find that absolutely astounding. Well, maybe a lot of the materials have to come up uh, 470 to get there, and that's why it's going to take so <laughs> much longer. That's why it's delayed, huh? Right. I think that's that could be. And then uh, Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold is calling for a boycott of Alabama. As many of you may know, that Alabama just recently passed a, uh, an, uh, um, a restriction on abortion. And so Secretary of State here and Jenna Griswold said that uh, we're not going to, to go to Alabama for any of our meetings, although they didn't, ha- they didn't have any meetings planned to go they there. They showed them. Boy, I tell you what, that's for sure. Um, this is so interesting, what is happening in America right now regarding the abortion debate. Uh, you know, the veil, I think, is really off on this, Jason, for so many years uh, young women and young men have uh, been kind of sold this idea that abortion would be, and, and I think that Bill Clinton even said this, it would be, um, you know, very seldomly used, you know, and, and that, um, you know, it, I can't remember the exact, exact quote on it, but the implication was that it was didn't happen very often. It would be rare, and there was it was rare in some other way. Yeah, something right. like that. Something like that. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, when you actually look at the statistics, since Roe versus Wade, uh, and it's hard to estimate for sure, but they think anywhere from 50 to 60 million babies have been aborted. And, you know, when you look at a society that is funding the, um, you know, the abortion of the next generation, that is not a healthy society. 
a society that doesn't value life. Uh, you know, it may be unborn babies here, but then it might be grandma over here that, you know, uh, and then uh, it might be if you end up having some kind of a defect or maybe you're in an accident and you may no longer be able to, you know, function the way you used to. I mean, when you get, it's a road that you don't want to start going down. And so we've been going down that road for a long time on abortion. And with Governor Ralph Northam, uh, saying that actually that they would, de- in Virginia, they would deliver babies and keep them comfortable until they decided what they wanted to do with them. Or with uh, Como, or Kumo, or however you say it. Cuomo. In, yeah, that yeah. guy. In New York, that when they passed this late-term abortion bill, that they actually lit up some of the buildings in New York City in uh, celebration of that. All of a sudden, I think many American people are going, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what? You guys haven't been honest with us on this whole subject. And I think that this whole thing now that with Alabama, this is going to get real interesting, Jason McBride. Well, I think I, I'll say again, I thought it was interesting with uh, Northam. Uh, I'd say, why don't you complete the sentence, you know, after the doctor and the mother have the conversation and they, in their great wisdom, decide the baby is not allowed to live well, tell us what happens then. Yeah. Let's let's hear the detail and and then let people decide if they like it or not. But they leave that part of it out. Right. And if you think about just how cruel that is. Ugh. But one of the first things I, I've, I've always said is I think really this whole debate, you know, I, I think it's important to have it in a, a battle of ideas. But we cannot be funding this from taxpayer dollars. We need to, we need to stop funding uh, Planned Parenthood. And I know they say, well, we don't use any of the money for abortions. Wait a minute. Money is fluid. And, uh, and uh, so we just need to make sure that we are not funding anything for Planned Parenthood anymore. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, uh, the Rockies had yesterday off. They're out on the East Coast. Uh, they start a three-game series with uh, the Phillies today. And then they'll... Um, Move on to the Pirates after that. And uh, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. And uh, one of the reasons that I'm thrilled to have Hooters as one of my partners is because we had a, a situation when I was on city council where there were some city council members that did not want to approve their liquor license for their restaurant. And that the location had already had a restaurant there. It had been zoned for that. And uh, there had been a liquor license that had actually been approved for that location. And as I sat there on the dais at city council, I realized this is very, very dangerous when you have uh, city officials that start to decide which businesses they like or don't like, which legitimate businesses they like or they don't like. You know, I thought, you know, eventually you might have a city council that might not like a church. Or guess what? You might have a city council that doesn't like the Weld County women to be having a meeting about oil and gas, uh, presenting oil and gas in, uh, in Erie, Colorado. This is very dangerous, and we always have to stand for freedom. And uh, so that's what I did when I was on city council, and it's been such an interesting story to share with people because they're, they're like, wait a minute, you're right. You know, legitimate businesses should have the opportunity to be able to compete in the free market on whether or not they succeed or fail. Ideas should be able to compete in the free market on whether or not they succeed and fail instead of what we saw yesterday with uh, Erie. And uh, and we need to really push back on that, my friends, because this is very dangerous uh, territory for us to get into. So 
with that, Hooters Restaurants is my uh, my sports headquarters. It's a great place to watch the games. They have TVs. You can see er- every just about every sporting event that you want to see. Uh, Wednesdays are wing day. Uh, all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine. Their smoked wings are delectable and only half the calories. And you can actually have Hooters wings delivered right to your front door when uh, the girls come over on Wednesday nights. That's what I do. And so you can have those delivered. You can stop by and pick up uh, dinner, take it home. Or you can always watch the games at Hooters restaurants. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to be right back. We have Jason McBride in studio with us, and we'll have more headlines. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, so call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And uh, thrilled to have in studio with me to have a conversation about uh, headlines right now. And then we'll talk about unemployment and employment in the third and fourth segment is Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. It's great to have you here. Yep. Thanks for having me again. It's uh, my pleasure and, and really appreciate your partnership as well. Well, so thank I appreciate you. you too. Yeah. So uh, some more headlines. We talked a little bit more about this abortion bill. Uh, and I've had some conversations with some millennials about this. And, uh, you know, they talk about the health and well-being of the mother and that, you know, this is another talking point that women should uh, be able to decide what they do with their body. And this young millennial said, since when does a woman have two heads, 20 toes and 20 fingers? Oh, that's a good one. I thought that was a good one. That's a good bumper sticker. Yeah, I think that's a real good one. Dave, did you want to jump in on that? Okay. Oh, he's staying. He's, he's staying, staying away from that one. Okay. But I, I think that this is historic on what's happening in America today, where we're going to really have a conversation about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. One other thing I will just say on that whole thing, and that is some of my libertarian friends are like, convince me. You know, they've, I think, really thought, you know, kind of bought into that narrative of a woman can do with her body what she wants to do because, you know, typically... The libertarian component is live and let live, you know, uh, and that's why I say I'm a conservatarian. I like to take the best of conservative and the best of libertarian and put those two things together. But when this young woman said to me, since when does um, a woman have two heads, 20 toes and 20 fingers? I realized that uh, when we talk about life, liberty and pursuit of happiness, we have to make sure that we protect the life of that little one as well. And uh, so that if we really buy into the American idea of the vision of the Declaration, then we have to stand for life. Now, I know, Jason, one other thing. I know that there's times that 
that women are in a situation where they, you know, uh, they're in a situation they're like, what am I going to do? You know, if, uh, if they, um, become pregnant and, you know, may not be in a relationship or maybe they have other children or whatever, but that is a spot that not government, but I think that we as a society, you know, we want to make sure that we step up and that we support life. Uh, and it's not through government, but it's through us as, as individuals, as neighbors, as a community, through our churches. We need to step up when people are, in, are hurting, when they're in need. I think that we need to step up as, um, as individuals and help them. I, I agree with you, Kim. And the more government tries to step into that role, and then the less community, uh, I don't know what the right word is, feels responsible to do it. And that, that support system outside the government, whether it's on purpose or not, it, 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 start, it shrinks a little bit. And, you know, that community uh, is less there uh, to help people in a situation like that or others. And certainly uh, your family, your friends, your church, your community will do a far better job of supporting you than, than the government will uh, at any time. So, so we want the uh, community and, and churches, as you say, to continue Family. to feel empowered. Um, and I don't want to use the word responsible, but, but that's what it would have been before the government stepped mm-hmm. into to everything. That is so interesting that you would say that, Jason McBride, because this young millennial that I was talking about yesterday said just that. That when gov- when first of all when it's pro abortion and the government steps in to do all this, then we as as family and community members, we don't step up and and um, and right we're not responsible for those decisions, but yet we're there to to support in a way, but right. but not by force, right? But to support um, and and when you have government doing that, then then we no longer have that responsibility. And I don't want to use the word responsibility. Right, but you know what I'm saying, yeah, though. You that commitment. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, when, when uh, something starts getting done that you used to do, uh, even if you don't mean to do it, you just kind of naturally let it fall by and the wayside a and little bit. And you don't bit. notice. And, and so that's true. So, you know, I was thinking one more thing that uh, – that uh, we could add to that bumper sticker besides... Uh, uh, the two tw- hit, 20 yeah, toes and yeah, 20 two fingers. hearts. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's uh, two hearts. You know, it's a heart's beat, and I know a lot of the states are going after that, and that's very sensible. I think that's a very sensible uh, place to start. I, I totally agree. I like that bumper sticker. We may have to make one. <laughs> okay, sounds good. We'll trademark it. That sounds good. Hey, um, this is also fascinating. On the federal level... Idaho uh, is repealing its regulatory code. Now, one of the things that is so hard on business is all these rules and regulations. And this is from the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. Uh, Something rather remarkable just happened in Idaho. The state legislature opted to, in essence, repeal the entire state regulatory code. The cause may have been a dysfunction across legislative chambers, But the result is serendipitous. A new governor is presented with an unprecedented opportunity to repeal an outdated and burdensome regulatory code and replace it with a more streamlined and sensible set of rules. Other states should be paying close attention. The situation came due to an unconventional nature of Idaho's regulatory process. Each year, the state's entire existing body of regulations expires unless reauthorized for an additional year by the legislature. In most years, 
reauthorization happens very smoothly, but not this year. Instead, the legislature wrapped up an acrimonious session in April without passing a rule reauthorization bill. As a result, come July 1st, some 8,200 pages of regulations containing 736 chapters of state rules will expire. Any rules the governor opts to keep will have to be implemented as emergency regulations, and the legislature will consider them anew when it returns next January. Governor Brad Little, sworn into office in January, already has a uh, red tape cutting effort underway, but the impending regulatory cliff creates some new dynamics. Previously, each rule the governor wanted cut would have had to be justified as a new rulemaking action. Now, every regulation that agencies want to keep has to be justified. The burden of proof has switched. Jason. This should be an interesting six months in Idaho. You know what? What do you think? I bet we're going to see a bunch of people from Colorado move to Idaho. (laughs) A lot of businesses, probably. Well, uh, unless we make some changes here to compete. You know, it's a market-based society, so, uh, you know, if we don't want people leaving, we need to make it easier to continue to do business here. I think we should try that here, too. Oh, I think it would be an excellent idea. So we'll we'll keep a a prize to that, but I find that absolutely fascinating. Uh, Another thing, another uh, national headline is the Democrats are uh, back a bill to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2040. It looks like they've been listening to Colorado, you know, uh, last Friday. The Air Quality and uh, Control Commission. Now, is that not words that you, uh, Quality Control Commission? I mean, those are things, you talk about regulations. And they're going to be implementing regulations to try to move people out of their internal combustion engine cars, their personal vehicles that they love. And now the Democrats on the national level are going to introduce legislation to try to get rid of our gas-powered cars, meaning that everybody would be um, into electric cars or on bicycles or taking public transportation, all of, and all of that that would be dependent on electricity, which means you continue to increase demand for electricity, and the price of that's going to go up. And so what they're, what they're after here, Jason McBride, is, is they're going after our freedom of mobility. And the, the ability for people to be able to move around is one of the, the best things that we have for people to get to, um, you know, move up the economic ladder. Well, and, and it's interesting. I think it was on, was it on your show yesterday or a couple of days ago? You had a fellow on that was talking about how it costs more to produce the electricity uh, for, mm-hmm. for the electric car than it does today. And, you know, the other thing that gets me is where where do people think the electricity comes from? It doesn't just appear out of thin air. I mean, there's coal plant or natural gas. It comes from the wall. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's just that magic hole in the wall. But, that's right. Uh, but somewhere uh, upstream, I guess you would say, something has to happen to create that electricity. Uh, so you're still using petroleum or, or these horrible things that uh, that they don't want at some point along the line. Well, and that segues very well into the next headline. This is from Forbes. It says, the reason renewables can't power modern civilization is because they were never meant to. It says, over the last decade, journalists have held up Germany's renewables energy transition as an environmental model for the world. But guess what? Last year, Germany was forced to acknowledge that it had to delay its phase out of coal and would not meet its 2020 greenhouse gas reduction commitments. It announced plans to bulldoze an ancient church 
and forest in order to get at the coal underneath. Germany didn't just fall short of its climate targets. Its emissions have flatlined since 2009. And there's a major article that just came out in Der Spiegel, their main new, um, largest uh, news weekly magazine. So, excuse me. It says a botched job in Germany. The magazine's cover shows broken wind turbines and incomplete electrical transmission towers against a dark silhouette of Berlin. My friends, when we have these um, bureaucrats and these politicians that are instituting these rules, you can see that they are not doing this these responsibly and they don't really... Uh, they're not they're not coming up to their responsibility of what they're supposed to do. And that is basically stay out of the way so that people can go after their own hopes and dreams. Instead, you know, they're putting in these types of policies that ultimately don't work. And then what's going to happen is we as every day, you know, the, the unwashed masses, as I think they look at us, then, uh, you know, well, I, I think they want us to live in these you know, these uh, apartments, these little boxes and ride around on bikes and and uh, take public transportation. And uh, ultimately, that's not good for people that want to be free. Well, I don't think so. And I have to point out that the the bill to ban the sale of gas-powered cars, well, that was, uh, uh, it says a Oregon senator is the bill's main sponsor. And I'm wondering, with Oregon and their massive homeless problem and people living in cars, well, if they take away the cars, aren't they taking away their houses? <laughs> you always are thinking outside the box, you know, Jason. I mean, right? it's, it's uh, you know, unintended consequences, yeah. Kim. I think that's true. You know what? Let's go to break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to move over. You know, typically in segments three and four, we like to get into subjects um, and really kind of kick the tires on those ideas. So we're going to talk about employment and unemployment and uh, with Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. So we're going to go to break and we'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails and would appreciate it if you like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. Thrilled to have in studio with me, partner of the Americhicks, that is Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. It is so good to have you here. Well, thanks for having me again, Kim. You betcha. And uh, we're going to talk about unemployment. Uh, It is at historic lows. Uh, And uh, it's amazing what President Trump has done just in the the last three years, uh, both regarding unemployment and also regarding uh, our GDP growth, we were at, I think, about 3.2% for the first quarter, which, which was astonishing. 
Well, and it was certainly a big surprise to everybody that keeps thinking it's going to go down the tubes, and it just doesn't seem to want to do it. And speaking of that, I have talked to a number of people that, in fact, I was talking to a, a woman yesterday who uh, I think is a Democrat, and somehow I said, so when we were talking about politics, I said, so what do you think about President Trump? And she said, you know, I'm not sure I really like his demeanor, but she said, I am pleasantly surprised. And I thought, you know what, if he is starting to make inroads there, you know, that is one of the reasons why I think that um, the Democrats are just going crazy in, in Washington right now. Yeah, I, it's hard to figure out what uh, what were they what stunt were they pulling a couple of days ago where uh, they were going to spend twelve hours straight reading the, the, Mueller the whole Mueller report out loud. I wonder what were they going to say during the redactions. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to say, but with so many things that are are facing our country. To, to take their time to do that is astonishing. And the other thing is we are segueing into the unemployment here is it is almost like these radical activists. And this is no longer – those Democrats are not the Democrats of JFK. No. This is a totally different thing. But they are actually rooting for the demise of, of um, the American people, I think. If, if they want – you know, higher uh, unemployment, and if they don't want economic growth, then they are rooting for something that hurts the American people. Well, and the, the constant rooting for the stock market to crash as well. You know, any day that it's down, oh, look, here's Trump's stock market on a day it's down. So you're right. I mean, it's uh, this isn't new. I mean, they, they've, they've been rooting for uh, Trump to fail since the day he got into office just so he can't get a win. But it's amazing he keeps winning. Anyway, uh, and I've never seen such resistance uh, to a president. I, I mean, you know, admittedly, you know, Obama was kind of uh, the antithesis of what conservatives would have wanted. And he got some decent pushback, but it wasn't anything like Nothing this. Nothing like this. Nothing like this. So, and I generally, I, I felt that there was respect for the office, um, at least among the people that I hung with regarding Obama. Yeah, I think so, too. And... Um, well, yeah, I think you summed it up. So yeah. we can have to beat that dead horse in the okay. ground. But. So let's talk about unemployment, though, Jason. Um, we talked about the unemployment rate, the labor, particip- uh, labor participation rate. You know, break that down for us a little bit more. Well, first I'd say it's interesting uh, that, that you can go see the numbers every month. And, and they're not that uh, complex or confusing unless you choose to, to to look at everything you just go to bls.gov uh, slash news and you search for the archives and every uh job report i i think going back you know a year i don't know how many decades is in there you can look at every one from every month uh but i did want to point out kim because i think it's 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 important to be fair uh you know a few months back when unemployment ticked up a little bit from mm-hmm. like 3.8 up to 4% uh we talked about part of the reason for that was because the labor participation rate had also ticked up. Mm-hmm. So what happened, you had more people uh, in the labor pool who had not become employed yet. So it's kind of a weird thing. I talked about it like a mm-hmm. basket of green apples and red apples. Uh, the big basket of red apples is people that are employed. Uh, they're in the labor force. The green apples are 
people that are either unemployed or that are unemployed and don't get counted as Mm -hmm. unemployed anymore because they've fallen off the cliff, so to speak. Well, if some of those people come back in, well, now you've got some green apples in the red basket. That doesn't mean they're bad apples. Mm -hmm. It just means they're back in the possible pool of people Mm -hmm. who want to get jobs, but they haven't got them yet. So now you got, you got, so so it kind of moves the numbers around. So I wanted to be uh, very fair uh, with our latest jobs report. Uh, the the unemployment rate did drop down to 3.6%, but to be fair, that's because the labor participation rate uh, dropped down a little bit this time from 63% to 62.8%. So I think what you're saying is you measure the basket, ideally, with the red apples. Correct. And, and so what has happened now is some of those green apples or left the basket. They left the basket. They went back out. Okay. So uh, realistically, uh, if we again uh, the same pun two days in a row, apples to apples, <laughs> uh, you know the unemployment rate would have still been three point eight instead of three point six. And but you know what, three point eight is still really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a number that's considered basically full employment. I mean, you're not going to get to zero, Kim, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you can hang at uh, 4, 3.8, anywhere in those numbers, I mean, that's that's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And, and what about the different groups? You know, I think that's interesting, too. I, I hear... Uh, 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 our president a lot talk about the uh, lowest uh, unemployment for blacks, uh, lowest unemployment for Hispanics. I think he mentions Asians a lot. You know, it's funny, he never mentions white, white unemployment. I wonder if that he, he's worried that he'll get attacked for that. Probably but, would. Uh, you know, but in any case, yeah, there is some uh, pretty big differences between the groups on this latest report. Uh, adult men are at 3.4% unemployment, but adult women are at 3.1%. Wow. So so we men, I guess we need to step up, right? Step Kim? up, that's that for sure. That just proves we're, we're bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that just proves we're bad. Now, I don't know. Maybe uh, some people would say, well, that's bad that there's so many women that have to be in the workforce uh, when, you know, uh, another noble job is to, to be home and raising the kids, too, like my wife does. Right, and um, and you know, and speaking of that, makes me think of homeschooling and education. What a commitment that is! Yeah. And we're starting to—I think—we're starting to see more and more people consider that with what we're seeing over in the education realm. But we won't talk education right now. That's but, all right. But I do want to say, my wife, uh, to her, she she got a job after all these years. You know, with the homes and the summer slowing down because the kids are growing up. Well, they're growing up, and uh, school's pretty much out for the summer. She's uh, helping. Uh, this gal that goes and plants flowers and does landscaping at these these big houses. So the last couple of days, she's been crawling around on the ground planting uh, plants and flowers, which it kind of sounds like a nice job. I think huh? that sounds like a nice job. Just speaking of women yeah. in the workforce, you know, because we're going to see uh, all this pay equity, and we 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 hear that uh, women get paid less for the same job. And well, quite frankly, in a free market, if somebody can get somebody to do a job at a, um, for less money, you know, most businesses are going to do that. So again, I think this is a narrative out there that they're pushing. And I, I'd been in the investment business many, many years ago. And when I started to have my children, I realized that in, 
in the investment business, you don't have a lot of flexibility because if people want to talk about their money, they want to talk about it. You right. know, they don't want to know that you're, you know, maybe out with a sick child or whatever. Not that they don't care about children, but, you know, it is a, it's a business that when people want to talk to you, they really want to talk to you. And they want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to your assistant or somebody else that doesn't know their situation. Exactly. They want to talk to you. So it was at that point I realized that I needed more flexibility. And that is what you're seeing with a lot of these uh, young mothers is that they want flexibility in their job. So sometimes, you know, they'll change a career or they may, uh, you know, take less pay so that they have more flexibility. And so I think that that's important to realize as you're looking at these unemployment rates. I think it is. Now, let's go uh, white in general is at 3.1 percent uh teenagers 16 to 19 years 13 percent unemployment they need to be going to school and working at the same time they do. right Kim? They do. well i don't know I, I will give them a break they had school is important i uh, i actually i think that they also need to be working it, i think it's uh yeah, I'd have to think about that. I guess it depends on the school load and everything else. But I think working is is a great thing. I started working when I was uh, 14 me or too. 15 and worked all the way through. And it certainly didn't uh, hurt me, at least in my opinion. But ask someone else, and they might tell you different. <laughs> but uh, uh, black unemployment is still at 6.7. And, but that's you know, low for, for that sector, right? It is very, very low, but they are still uh, the highest level of unemployment, uh, you know, between all the races and why they break that down in this report. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure what the point of it is. If they want the country to be united, uh, we're all people. We shouldn't be different races being broken down. I, so that's an offhand comment. But, uh, um, I, I, you know, Kim, I, I don't know why the the, employ, the unemployment is higher there. Um, I don't know if uh, the the... 16 to 19 population is included in that number. Uh, I don't know. I'm yeah. not smart enough to know, so I don't, I don't want to speculate. But it's it's very, very low compared to where it has been. Now well, We have a- work to do there. Yeah. Now, Asians, uh, they are the lowest, 2.2%. But, but it's interesting when you look at the Asian numbers, Kim, look at the difference just from March to April. In March, it said it was 3.1, and now it says it's 2.2. And I almost wonder if that isn't a typo, because that's a big drop for for just one month. Uh, Hispanic or Latino is at 4.2%. So, you know, across the board, we have very, very low uh, levels of unemployment. I thought there was a couple of interesting footnotes here that I hadn't noticed before. Uh, See down at the bottom? Look Mm -hmm. down at the little paragraph at the bottom. Note, persons whose ethnicity is identified as Hispanic or Latino may be of any race. Hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what that means either. I thought you might have some insight into that. but uh, Okay, so, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to say this. When you said you can find this at bls.gov, yes. I was wondering, was it bls or bs.gov? Well, uh, it's probably interchangeable. It could be interchangeable, but we'll go with the official. It's BLS. Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't know what that means. You know what? Let's go to break, Jason, and uh, let's talk about this through break. That is so weird. It is weird. I mean, I I don't even know what they mean by that. What, if they don't know what somebody is, they just call them a Hispanic? They throw them in that? I, I don't get it. 
Maybe we should it. ask somebody who's smarter than us. Well, and I think I, I agree with you. I think instead of having all these uh, things all broken out, I think we need to look at it as uh, one united people. That's right. It's, uh, here's unemployment in America, period. Here's the average. Let's not uh, uh, break it down into groups, men, women, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Uh, we're all one united people. Uh, that's what I believe, and uh, there's no reason to, to have these kind of things that, that separate us into groups. I totally agree. So we're going to go to break. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Have in studio with me uh, Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. Be sure and check out our landing page that we have together. It's chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 10th through Thursday, May 16th, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special? Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails and like me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, thrilled to have in studio with me uh, a valued partner, and that is Jason McBride with uh, Presidential Wealth Management. It's so good to have you here, Jason. Well, thank you, Kim. It's great to be here. And we're going through uh, unemployment. Uh, and during the break, you had, had mentioned at the very end there was something regarding, uh, there was this note, that persons whose ethnicity is identified as Hispanic or Latino may be of any race. And, I mean, we don't really know why, but the other thing, and Dave mentioned this during break, that uh, where did the word Hispanics come from? And it was a word that basically was, was made up to, 
to kind of put put a whole group of people into one particular group. By the Census Bureau, yeah. apparently it was made up. And I, 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 yeah, it's just a stumper, you know. I mean, I can't even noodle out what would be the the point of that. Why not? Uh, uh, why not just call it other? Well, you know, I, if you if you can't figure it out, instead of calling them Hispanic or Latino, uh, call it other. I mean, I don't know. But it's been this march. It's been this march by activists to try to put us into groups instead of looking at us as individuals. And to your point, I think that we start to we need to start to talk about being united. Yeah. Instead of these different groups, so let's let's go on through this here. Um, it says our uh, the next question is: Are undocumented immigrants counted in the survey? Yeah, and that was an interesting one, too. There's a paragraph here. It says, it is likely that both surveys... Now, that that brings up a quick point. How they come up with the employment numbers, Kim, is they do two different surveys. A lot of people think it's derived from, like, the... uh, uh, unemployment claims and that type of thing, but it's actually just uh, two surveys that are done, uh, one called the establishment, one called the household. Uh, that's just no. But it says, however, neither the establishment nor the household survey is designed to identify the legal status of workers. Therefore, it's not possible to determine how many are counted in either survey. The establishment survey does not collect data on the legal status of workers. The household survey does include questions which identify the foreign and native-born, but it does not include questions about the legal status of the foreign-born. So, so in the unemployment numbers, we most certainly do have some uh, illegal immigrants included in that. But once again, this is it kind of it goes back towards the, the way they want to do the census where mm-hmm. they don't ask, where they don't ask if you're here legally. And I, you know, again, it's uh, uh, I don't know why we wouldn't want to know that as a country. And I think it'd be important to our employment numbers as well. I think I agree with you on that, and so and there's been a bit of a brouhaha on whether or not to include that question on the census. And uh, I can, uh, it's a weird one. Do you really expect people to tell the truth? Yeah. I mean that that's one of the things, but uh, at least you you should be able to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they would, uh, you know. Uh, Give people a, not immunity. I don't know what the right word is, but there'd have to be some in there that says we can't just come to your house and toss you out of the country if you tell the truth on the census. But that that could put us into a slippery slope as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could also uh, inadvertently cause protection uh, for for legals. Yeah, don't you think? I think so. I think so. I've got to think about that. Yeah, story. yeah. Really sorry, a couple of brain benders here today. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I'll have to think about I'm that. I'm supposed to have the question and the answer today. I just have the <laughs> questions to a lot of things. Well, there is a, actually, you do have the answer on something, though, Jason. And that is something that we haven't really heard in a long time. And that is, is we, need to, we need to become united. We need to, instead of looking at each other as groups, and that's, again, the, the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party want people to identify in groups instead of actually looking at us as individuals that are united um, in, in this quest for freedom. Well, and, and that's, uh, again, I brought up the point that the president uh, talks a lot about black unemployment, uh, Hispanic unemployment, all this. 
I, I wish he'd switch gears on that, mm-hmm. too. I wish he would just say unemployment, you know, in America. Um, you know, I know that he's trying to uh, point out the help he has given to uh, minority groups, which I think is fabulous. Um, you know, and again, I'm not his campaign manager. He's going to say what he wants. But I, I just wonder if it would might, you know, might play a little bit different to just uh, uh approach it that way where we're one country one people let's all pull our bootstraps up and continue to to keep america great Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're not going to have time to go through. yeah let's let's do some more of your headlines okay um one thing i wanted to say is stanford colorado though you were there last week you Mm -hmm. uh, you and your wife and a couple of your kids thank you first of all for attending no, that it was a great event. Uh, I met a lot of really uh, neat people there. Some of your, uh, well, all of your speakers were were excellent. But I, I got to tell you, I think it was the second to the last gal. Uh, I can't remember her name. She was from Peru. Is that Juliana her? Day? She knocked the ball out of the park. I mean, I would not want to be on the other side of, of a debate with that gal because she. Uh, she, she brought a lot of passion. Powerful and, and a tremendous uh, speaker. That uh, you know, there's a fine line between being passionate and then coming off as being angry. Uh-huh. Um, and she was so good at being passionate uh, without coming off as angry, where it where it just turns turns you off. Um, uh, you know, and, and when I was uh, talking to people afterwards, uh, there was uh, everybody was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's not to detract from any of the other speakers they that were you really had good, there. And uh, she was she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hope you have her as a guest on the show a few times. I've I've had her before, and just so every, everyone knows that she she's uh, she grew up in Peru. She has such a love for the American idea. And uh, she is so concerned about this House Bill 1032, which is now a law. It's the sex education bill. And she has taken that. She is going to fight that. And as you mentioned, I mean, you know, she's going to do something about it. Uh, She should run for office. I I really think she should. She she would just be a force. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sitting here trying to uh, just gush, but, you know, I... I was just struck by what a tremendous speaker she was, and uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we have somebody uh, like her uh, on on our side of this cause, mm-hmm. and I hope she really goes places. Well, that's for sure. And as you mentioned, all of the speakers were amazing. We had about 22 speakers, and not to be sexist, but they were primarily women. 20 of the 22 speakers were women, and what you saw was very strong women talking about different issues that mattered to them. Uh, I, w- I was relieved when the event was over. You know, it takes a lot of effort on, you know, on the whole team's part to make that, that happen. And I got home and I looked at some of my emails and somebody said, when are you going to do the next one? And I'm like, you know, I think I want to breathe just yeah, a little 20 bit. 20 years from now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kim, I, that, uh, that took a lot of work to put in, but it's amazing how, how it, it, just grew so quick and then spread across the state. And you were responsible for starting this whole thing, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you. So thanks for being there. Jason McBride, we're out of time, so we're going to have you back. You're going to be on the radio at least once a month in studio with me and then, of course, every morning. And check out uh, chickspresidential.com. That is chickspresidential.com. There's all kinds of great information. And do you have your podcast done for this week already? Uh, We do. You know, I had an interesting guest, um, 
had Jeffrey Hirsch, who is the uh, editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac, uh, which has a lot of the interesting things in there, like the sell in May and go away. Mm-hmm. You know, I gave him a hard time because he's been on Fox and uh, Bloomberg and CNBC, and he's been in the Wall Street Journal. I said, well, that was just all a warm-up because now you have hit the big time. He's on your podcast. On podcast. You so that it. one should drop today or Monday. Okay, and you can find that at chickspresidential.com. So Jason McBride, thank you so much. You bet. Have a great one. And our quote for today is Edmund Burke. He says, all tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for people of good conscience to remain silent. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.